good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're listening to us and how you're listening to us. Thank you for making the sports and the world podcast a part of your day. I'm Ladarius. And I'm Chris. And uh, yeah, hope everyone's safe and well. And hi, how are you, my man? I know we missed you last week. So how are you, my man? Yeah, man, I had to, had to take the week off for my birthday, go getting some shenanigans. And uh, I'm doing good, man. Back up north and uh, back to back to business as usual or whatever we consider usual at this point in life. Yeah, yeah, yeah whatever the new normal is, I guess. And uh, and I was thinking it uh, real quick when I was uh, doing the picks uh, predictions last week. Because last week, ironically, I covered the NFC and AFC East. And I said, well, I'm kind of glad Chris is not here because I, I kind of went all in on the Jets. Yeah, yeah they're going to shit on my Jets. Yeah, because I'll, I'll just yeah, be real quick. Because they are shit. <laughs> yeah, because because here's the thing. I'll just be real quick. When I look at what they lost, because we have to understand is that when they traded, listen, they got the better end, in my opinion, of the Jet Seahawks trade, which we'll talk about next week. But I think they got the better end of the trade because they got picks and they got a starter in return. Absolutely. So, so I'm not going to complain about no matter because he was a starter, you know, Bradley Madu was a starter in this league. But when I think about the situations going on with Le'Veon Bell and Adam Gase, I and losing Jamal Adams, losing your best defensive. Listen, they got Marcus May. Don't get me wrong, but it just feels, Chris, that there's a lot of dysfunction in that organization from top to bottom. And I feel the the only, the real victim here is Sam Darnold. That's the victim here. Because... Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, I said it when I think the podcast, the first podcast we did after they announced that Gase was going to be our head coach, I, I'm almost certain that I said it was going to be an outright fucking disaster. You I did. mean, you might, you might almost be able to quote me verbatim on that. Yeah, and, I, uh, yeah if I remember, yeah, that's pretty he, close. Yeah, he, he doesn't. He's not a good coach. He might be a better coordinator. Um, he doesn't have the management capability. Um, and especially with a superstar like Le'Veon Bell. Now, I'm not saying you got to coddle and cater to to these superstars, but at the same time, you gotta you gotta hand not necessarily give them white glove service. You know, like a moving company, but at the same time, you got to take some things into consideration, and especially the the deck is essentially stacked against uh, Bell. He he had a a, a terrible line uh, to work with, so they they weren't pushing holes. That blitzes were already in the backfield by the time that the ball was getting snapped into into Darnold's hands, and you know, and then for Gase just to sit here and try to constantly pick fights with him, uh, you know, it, it's just it's not it's not a healthy situation. I I honestly hope I listened to about half of of the podcast and I, I was trying to fast forward to that part and I listened to a little bit of it, and I hundred percent agree that the Jets will be. I, I don't know if they'll be at the bottom. I still think Miami is going to just shit all over the place like they normally do. Um. But I definitely see the Jets being a, a, a top four pick again next season. And, yeah. uh, you know, which isn't saying much. But I, I hope that this will be enough, enough bloodletting to get rid of Gase. Yeah, because at some point, because my whole thing is this. 
is that I think you heard me say it. They left Mike McCarthy on the table. They left experience on the table. They did. It's the same Super thing. Bowl, that, Super Bowl winning experience. It, correct. Exactly. And, and, and listen, Cleveland did the same thing. I said they, they went and hired a substitute gym teacher as a head coach instead of having Mike McCarthy. And I, I say, you know, listen, I'm not saying he's going to be better with Dallas. You know, I kind of went into that. But but my point is before we get started is that it's simply put what I think about the Jets is, is that I just feel from a purely structural point of view that there's something. That, and I think it starts with Gase. And I think at the end of the day, if you get rid of Gase, then you got to get rid of management. That's just always been my philosophy on that. But. But speaking yeah, of, yeah, I, def- I definitely can't argue that point. You know, they got rid of McCagnan in the front office for our new kid in town. He's not doing much better. And then hiring Gase, I mean, you know, that's uh, the equivalency of hiring Gase as a head coach is like hiring a pedophile to be a, an elementary school teacher. I mean, well, I was- like, like, there's just no thought. I mean, granted, like Gase hasn't committed any crimes, beside, but but if being a terrible NFL coach was a crime, he would he would be a, a multi felon like I am on Facebook. Um, <laughs> you know, you know, I'm out of Facebook, by the way. They they finally freed me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I think I, I think I made you say congrats again. You know, Facebook hey. roll. Yeah, yeah. So. You're 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 waiting for me outside the fence. <laughs> yeah, I have like yeah, I had the uh, yep. Uh, I had the Lamborghini ready and it was ready to get out of there. There you go, man. But yeah, no, the Jets are just, you know, I'm not even going to lie. Uh, I'm neither going to stay high on my, and now this is the year I'm probably going to be a bandwagon fan. So I'll, 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 I'll shit on myself now. I'll neither stay riding high on the Vikings because for some godforsaken reason, I like them. I don't know why. I just, I, I like the Vikings or. I'll be like everyone else and probably just go back to my Florida roots and be a bandwagon Tampa Bay fan. As much as I hate Tom Brady, I might just, just because I like seeing Tampa Bay win. And then also I, I'm not going to lie. I do like the colors of their, their uniforms. So there we have it folks. Yeah. You see, see, I just can't be a Tampa fan for obvious reasons. But it's just, yeah, you know, for you, yeah. For you, it's a whole different ballgame because you're playing yeah. the division. Yeah. And I'm literally looking at my Falcons jersey right now. And it, it, I, it, 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 it's, it's the equivalent of what Benedict Arnold did to this country. So, so kids, if you don't know what that is, it's in a history book or Google it. I don't care if you find out the information, but look up Benedict Arnold, and you'll get the and you'll get the metaphor later. He was. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what Chris said. It's, yeah. but 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 speaking of, but speaking of trade, you know, instead from trade tours to trading. I just want to talk about the trade deadline. It went relatively, you know, given what, you know, the shortened season and whatnot, there was still some moves that I really liked. And, but the one move that I really, really liked is, uh, is, is the San Diego Padres were huge, huge movers on the trade deadline. And they went and they got Mitch Moreland from the Red Sox. But the biggest move that I think if they went and got a starter, which, if you remember when we talked about the MLB season, remember that I said that I just felt they needed a starter. Like, the pitching was suspect. The, you know, I loved the bullpen, but they went out and they got an arm in Mike Clevenger. 
And I think we you make moves like that. I look at San Diego. I look at Tatis Jr. You you look at Manny Machado. You look at what they're doing, you know, in San Diego. And I'm like, they're really trying to. They're really, really in the contender spot. Something they haven't been in probably. I don't think it's hyperbole to say maybe last five to ten years. I don't feel that's hyperbole when when I say that. So, but just do you have any thoughts on like any of the MLB moves or just oh, oh your Yankees or oh, your your Yankees? I yeah, there's there's definitely uh, there there's trouble in the Bronx. Um, for the, the to jump on the Padres real quick, same thing. I'm 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 impressed with the moves that they're making. Uh, the Padres realized that this was definitely a sprint and not a marathon, and they are sprinting exactly. to the finish line like we talked about, where teams that were going to make it or break it. And I know you were really high in the pods, uh, you know, uh, when we did our pre our our preseason preview. I know you were pretty high on them, and uh, uh, I w- I wasn't high on them, but I wasn't low on them either. But they they've definitely surprised me this season. Um, they they've done incredibly well that you know they're 22 and 15 um they're you know their their probability of making the playoffs i think last time i looked was like 97 and a half percent so i mean things are looking good for them the yankees you know i i question like i'm starting to question our training staff and i know that sounds crazy but you know there, there's a lot of things. If, if you look at, um, like, if you look back, like, when we were in high school and uh, uh, our, our, our football team, we barely had injuries. Now, granted, injuries in high school aren't as common as they are in professional sports. But if you look at the strength and conditioning that, you know, the players that we played with went through, uh, it's... It, night and day difference you know uh they, they were they were conditioned to 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 play hard and of course that translates in every other sport and i'm just wondering if the training staff on the yankees is the issue here because we're seeing reoccurring injuries uh, uh strained quads over and over and over again from lemayhu and from judge and from uh stanton and it, you know uh, and then there were certain things that, you know, for example, you know, Stanton was carrying a lot of weight on him last year. He's a bulky dude. He dropped like 50 pounds, looked like a whole new person coming out strong, playing hard, you know, doing his thing. And here we are. He's back on the the, the injury tank. Uh, Aaron Judge. I mean, he, he went, what, like six, seven games in a row. He hit a home run. And, uh, you know, on the IL, you know, uh, LeMahieu on the IL, you know, it's, I'm wondering, is it just coincidence or is there something in with the training staff that is, is the, is the problem here? And and it's really starting to concern me, you know, we're, we're on that final stretch right now that, you know, of course, you know, this is the, the, the back half of the, uh, of, of the quasi season, uh, we're second in the AL right now. Uh, we're three and a half, about to be four and a half games back on Tampa. Uh, you know, Tampa has, I don't know what's going on, but they have, they have just come alive. And uh, they're, they're having a second coming of Christ. Um, they're looking strong. Uh, 
they're young, they're ambitious, and uh, the playoffs is going to be very interesting on the AL because you've got you got the Rays, you got the Yankees, you got uh, the Indians that are that are hanging out. Of course, you know the Twins will make it to the playoffs and choke like they always do. Um, you know, it's just there. I mean, there's still some base. I don't want to say there's a lot. It's not like there's you know 85 games left to play. You know, like it is after the All Star break, but uh, you know, it's it's going to be interesting. And then same thing on the opposite side of the ball. Like I said, the Braves. You know, I I I was really high on them uh, in the beginning of the season, and uh, you, know, you know, I'm still riding that train a little bit on the NL. Um, you know, and then you've got some of your your teams that really couldn't do much. You know, look at uh, at the Mets, the Brewers, the you know the Nationals. <laughs> You know, they go from World Series winners to not even a, a, a five, you know, they're barely a 500 ball club right now. Um, it's interesting, you know, that's the back half of the season. So I think we're about to see what teams are going to be made of. But like I said, man, I know you're riding high in the pods and, uh, and, you're, and your cubbies. And uh, I'm, I'm curious to see what will happen. Yeah, you know, to be brief, I I think when I when I look at the Yankees and my biggest concern was was the injuries and and I said you know I and I think I said early on you can't sleep on Tampa because Tampa's a team it's like it's kind of like similar to what Greg Popovich has in San Antonio it feels like a system and it's it's a system and 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 everybody kind of operates under that system and and I feel Tampa's very good, and even like even like even Baltimore. Baltimore's playing better than what anybody expected. I think, yeah. I think the AL East is interesting, and the future of it's interesting. But, but to to on the Yankees aspect, I just simply go if if you're a if you're Aaron Boone right now, I think you're a little concerned. I, I think you're a little concerned from the aspect of where where do we go from here? So, so but speaking of that, well, speaking of that, let's let let's just jump into speaking of well, we we went east last week, so we're gonna we're gonna go down south, kind of where I am. Not like the South Beach, I wish, but. But to talk about the AFC and NFC South, but I I, I want to jump and talk about the AFC because I think this division is interesting to me for a number of reasons. And because first and foremost, it's interesting because of the quarterback situation. I think it's interesting because you have have a division where I don't necessarily think the quarterback is going to be doesn't have to be the guy. But before I won't before I go, you know, to my nerd, you know, the nerd zone, I want to get your thoughts on the uh, on the AFC South. So the AFC South, um, this one, this one, I'm not going to lie. Like I had some some issues with with pegging the 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 winner of the AFC South. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I'll start from the bottom and work my way up. So. Of course, starting at the bottom, um, you know, I'll give you two guesses, but you'll only need one. Um, that's that's going to be Jacksonville. So I've got them going three and thirteen this season. Mm, okay. You know, uh, 
Fournette, they're trying to get actively get rid of Fournette. I think Fournette's a bust. I don't think anyone's going to pick him up until they need him. So he's he's going to be on a team that wants to get rid of him, and you already know how that chemistry will start to unfold after a while. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was a first-round pick that I don't want to say was a, a, a disappointment, but, well, let's face it, people that had him on fantasy definitely weren't jumping for joy like I was with Christian McCaffrey. Ah, oh, here we go. Ah, it's almost that time. Uh, this guy. You know, uh, they've got, you know, Gardner Minshew. That's, I, he will develop into a great quarterback, but he has to develop. I don't know if he's going to be able to develop on a team like Jacksonville. Um you look at at teams that have historically bad offensive lines over the years, quarterbacks don't succeed. No matter how great they could possibly be, they just don't succeed. And and I think that that might be the uh the the downfall of, of Gardner. I see them neither A trying to tank and just go far down as they can to get as high as a pick as they can. Or hopefully see if they can get some trade bait for Fournette. Maybe he starts popping off and they get rid of him for 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 a valuable you know uh, late first round pick or early second round or something. Um, I don't think that they'll have the 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 capability of pulling the hat trick that the Jets pulled off, or they get two tricks and a starter for a disgruntled employee. Um, but we'll we'll see what happens. But I got them. Uh, going into uh going three and 13 now and then now did they fully release because last time i looked I'm, I'm going off my notes that i took from last night did they fully release fournette yeah he's he's, okay. he's he yeah he's out there because i'll just be real quick apparently they couldn't find any trade partners which which i kind of semi hard to find hard to believe but you know it, it, it you know it is what it is when it comes to that. Okay, all right. So my apologies, I was operating on notes from last night. So apparently things do change. Um, yeah. So with him gone, three and thirteen, I'll still keep him at three and thirteen. I, I think they might have a couple gimme games that they might squeak on, but um, especially with him being gone, so that's one hundred percent my bad. Even I make mistakes. Chalk it up. It doesn't happen often. Um, but I I got them at the bottom. Uh, coming up next, I got third place Houston Texans. Um, essentially, they traded DeAndre Hopkins. I think what was it for, like two hot dog carts and a soda machine? Yeah, I think it was two soda machines, a hot dog cart, and a replica. I think it was a replica bull, if I'm not mistaken. Gotcha. Okay. All right. That's that sounds about right. Um, they'll still win some games. They've got David Johnson. They still got Will Fuller that I think is going to essentially get every single snap. They have Brandon Cooks. I used to ride high on Brandon Cooks. He's not the Brandon Cooks that we used to have around. He uh, he is just not – he's made a glass at this point. I don't know what it was. It was that one hit in the Super Bowl. After that, he was just never the same, and and it really showed – um, hence why I was a little skittish on uh, on signing him in our fantasy league. 
I stayed away from him, and it was a smart decision on my part. Um, I don't, I don't know how well that this team will fare. Like I said, I'm giving him seven and the nine, and I'm really giving him the benefit of the doubt. But Bill O'Brien, I think, is on the hot seat on this one for for all the stupid things that he's done. I think this might be that this year could potentially be the end of him. Um, this is where things got hard for me. Now, you, so there's two teams left. You've got the Colts, and then you've got the Titans. So uh, here, here's how I ended up playing it out is I ended up gotten the Colts in second place and then Tennessee in first. Um, and here's my methodology behind it. I have always been a big Philip Rivers fan. Um, the man just, he, he's a great game manager. And that's something that you and I preach on this thing. Like we're those crazy church people on TV begging for tens of thousands of dollars. Um, and, and, and we ride the, the, the game management bandwagon. I think with a better team, I think we'll see a better Philip Rivers. Um, I think I, I think he was pissed off when 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 the uh, the Chargers left San Diego and moved to LA. Even though it's only an hour and a half up the road, I think Mr. SoCal didn't like that move. And just and then just a series of unfortunate events uh, that peers down from that. He's also the leader that I think the Colts need, but he's also not the youngest chicken in the coop either. So I think his age might step in front of him, but I've got uh, the Colts going nine and seven. So at least they're a plus 500 club. Um, best case scenario is I flip them to 10 and six and they squeak by uh, the, the Titans but I don't think they will just because the Colts are still a developing team. Um, you know, they've got Michael Pittman Jr. They've got Paris Campbell and, and, and things like that. But uh, Rivers isn't the most mobile quarterback. And then, of course, so what I got as number one is the Titans. Now, what's 100% contingent on the Titans staying in that first spot? I've got them going 10-6. and six. Um the only reason I got them there is 100% Henry. Can they? Can he continue just to punish and just run their opponents over into just outright oblivion? And then that opens up for wide receivers like A.J. Brown just to, to, to be super hot. And he can open up the play action and, and Tannehill can throw a 50-yard bomb downfield to A.J. Brown or or whatever whatever other things uh you know can go their way the only thing that i am concerned with on the titans is the workload that was put on henry last season as you know running backs you put that it, it, it's like just constantly drag racing like a like a stock mustang gt you're putting so much stress on that car that it's not supposed to have what happens from there you know, also the other thing, and I don't want to say that NFL players do it, but we all know that a few have done it in the league. They bust their ass, they get this huge contract, and their performance just shits the bed. And they're still guaranteed the money no matter what because it's a guarantee. Uh, you know, they, they gave him a four-year 50-mil contract uh, with, with 25 and a half guaranteed. I'm not, again, I'm not saying Henry would do that, but heaven forbid if he gets injured or something might happen or his workload 
shifts or maybe he just doesn't perform as well. You know, there there are some 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 variables there. But I still got them, you know, winning the uh, the NFC South. You know, like I said, it's a mixture of it between Henry, between Tannehill, A.J. Brown. I think Tannehill learned from last season a lot and learned from the failures of playing in Miami. And he's be, he's become a better game manager. And again, you and I have preached on that tens of thousands of times. And I'll do it one more time. Game management wins games, not just a pretty face and a strong arm. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like what Bill Bidneville, like never trust a big butt and a smile. It's it's kind of like that. So I don't know if it's the, I don't know if it's the same thing, but well, I think it gave away what I, I was looking for. But you know, it, it's interesting, Chris, because we're not that far apart. Like, I, we got the same order. We got the same order. I will say that. Okay. But but when I look at Jacksonville, Chris, this it's they're just hot garbage. And and here and and the thing is, I was talking on Twitter about you know when did Kanye West you know when did when did this happen? Because there's always an origin to when people there's always an origin point. You know when Kanye West ran on that stage to interrupt Taylor Swift, that's when he lost his mind. That's when I knew like that was like okay, this is gonna be like if you had to go back and pick a starting point, that was it. Why do I bring up Kanye West? Because uh, why not? And secondly, Jacksonville the Jack the, the origin point for the Jacksonville Jaguars with their decline. Like, Chris, what if I told you that this organization was in the AFC Championship game three years ago? I know. I know. Like, it, it, it blows my mind. It, like, if I told you that this same organization was literally, you could argue, a quarter away from, you know, potentially beating New England, like, you wouldn't believe me. Like, no one would believe me. But here's what, that to me was the origin point of the decline. Because there's only 12 players left on that roster from just three years ago. Three years ago. And, and ever since then, Chris, they've been 11 and 22 since that AFC championship game. They're 11 and 22. Yeah, they're they're what, pulling in a, a, what the Orlando Magic are famous for. They'll make it to the big game, they'll lose, they'll trade everybody off, and then shit the bed for m- multiple years. Yeah, it, 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 to me, Chris, that's the perfect analogy, because where I stopped being a Magic fan, and I'll t- and you know that ties it with the Texans, and I'll get there in a minute. But, but the thing with Jacksonville, Chris, is that their defense fell. They fell from sixth all the way to to oh my god to twenty ninth in defensive in defensive value over average. Essentially, Chris, they fell to the bottom of the league in defense over time. They were, I mean, this team, this they were sixth. Two years ago, last year, that's why you saw Ngakwe is gone, Kalias Campbell is gone. They cut Fournette. They they were basically said they're saying they were not investing in defense any longer. They got rid of Jalen Ramsey. They got rid of a lot of pieces, Chris. And to me, I'm not. And listen, you know, mine's kind of in the plus or minus one game range, Chris. I don't see them winning a damn game. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I do, like, I didn't mean to, you know, but like, I just don't see them winning a game. Like, uh, like, oh, you know, I, I tried, Chris. Like, I literally tried. When I, when I worked on this yesterday, I said I gotta find them a win, and I couldn't. 
because it goes it goes against my beliefs to give them a win because I think every team they're playing they're going to be the underdog in. Chris, I don't see one game on their schedule they could be favored in. The closest game that they could be favored in is maybe Cincinnati, week four. But even I think Cincinnati would be favored. I really do. Because they got Joe Mixon. They got what we like to call a talent. At least in you know, at least in Cincinnati. This Jacksonville Jaguar organization is the the decline happened and this, and going back to that Fournette point, the reason why Fournette was drafted in the first place was to help Blake Bortles, and Blake Bortles ended up being a bust. So, Chris, you kind of see where I'm trying to go here. They screwed the pooch twice with top 10 picks. They didn't get it right in the draft. If you can't get it right in a quarterback, it sets back your franchise, in most cases, a decade. Oh, absolutely. And because I always, you heard me talk about Blake Bortles, he's a quarterback from the neck down, but not from the neck up. And people are like, oh, you like he had he played great. I'm like, I, I saw him he played at UCF. I saw some of his games and I'm like, yeah, he's a big dude and he has a good arm, but I, I, I don't see it. And so if I could if I could intervene real sure. quick, do you think that's the difference when we see these hotshot quarterbacks come from these subpar colleges like a UCF or like a Boise State or where they're really not capable of performing into a power five conference and then they get drafted. And I mean, let's face it. There are some great collegiate quarterbacks that couldn't make it in the NFL. Um, that, and then you have some average guys, you know, as, as, as much as I hate Tom Brady, he was an average quarterback in Michigan. He was a six round pick. When a quarterback mm-hmm. goes in the sixth round, that speaks that that's that 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 finishes my sentence for me. Um, right, exactly. You know, but he comes into the league and he just blows up. So I wonder. Now I think a lot of it was was circumstance. He got put in the right place at the right time of Drew Bledsoe going out, and mm-hmm. also with Bill Belichick and the team that the Patriots were building, and then they got Brady at such a young malleable age that they were able to mold him into the quarterback they wanted and then build a team around him. Do you think that uh, I, I, and then this is just me thinking out loud. I think that it is 100% circumstantial quarterback success that young quarterbacks, if they go, if they don't go to a team where they can't learn under somebody or they immediately get thrown right into the fire with poor coaching, I think it's detrimental to their career. I think that's what happened with, with Blake Bortles. I think that's what happened with, uh, well, what's his shit, Baker Mayfield. Uh, and as much as I like Darnold, you know, honestly, I, I, I haven't bought, and you know me, I, I always got Jets jerseys. I have not bought a Bell or a Darnold jersey because of Adam Gase. And, because I'm afraid to go spend, and, and, and it's not... And it's not, and again, like I'm not saying like 150 bucks is a lot of money to me. I could probably piss that away one night in a bar. I could definitely piss it away in Vegas in about 20 seconds. But it bothers me when I buy jerseys and then the, the, the player's gone the next season. And, I, and it legitimately worries me. And that's why I haven't bought one uh, for either one of them. Is I don't think either one of them will survive on the Jets after this season. 
and 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 to circle back to to Bortles, I think that's just honestly what happened. You know, to 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 answer your question, because it's a very good question, Chris. I, I believe in coaching, and 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 I'll double down and say this: it does not matter if the coach is an offensive defensive coach. Let me explain. Pete Carroll drafted Russell Wilson. We all know how great Pete Carroll is defensively. Well-respected. Probably one of the best defensive coaches, you know, minded coaches we've had the last 20, 25 years. So they drafted Russell Wilson in the third round, which it's kind of a point where they could potentially be a starter, but it could be a backup to mold. But Russell Wilson's been to that or they've been to two Super Bowls and they won a Super Bowl. Why? Because of the structure. Because Seattle, early on in his career, it wasn't always on Russell Wilson to win. Now, when Russell was asked to perform, he exceeded, you know, well beyond. But to go to answer your question, Chris, I, I, I do believe it, 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 to the college aspect, I don't necessarily believe, because when I look at Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz came from North Dakota State. Fair and and you'd, you'd have to, you know, wear a parka, and I refuse to pay for a jacket. Not that I can't buy a jacket, but I'm, I'm from Florida. And I, 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 a jacket to me is like, uh, if, if, can I buy like 10 pairs of shorts? And if I can, then guess what I'm going to buy? But the point is, and even like Josh Allen, like Josh Allen came from Wyoming, and I think a couple of Buffalo and a couple of horses watch their games. So, you know, I, they probably go to school there. I don't know. If you're, if you're listening, you know, I checked our stats. There's nobody watching and listening in Wyoming, so I'm not really worried. Right, yeah. So everywhere, you see, I know what states listen and don't listen. So I know Wyoming, they're too busy hurting right now. But but to go back to your point, Chris, I was very high on Sam Darnold. I told you that. I've said it many times. Sam Darnold walked into a dumpster fire the minute the Jets drafted him. Because, and the thing is, Chris, they had a chance to save Donald's career by hiring Mike McCarthy because that's the same reason why Dallas hired McCarthy was to help Dak Prescott. Like there's no other Dallas is not a terrible team. They're not rebuilding or anything like that. They just need to fix Dak Prescott. That's yeah, why Mike McCarthy fix, was hired. Yeah. They just need to fix Prescott and get better coaching. Uh, so if I can intervene just one more time, uh, mm-hmm. this just came across my desk Tampa Bay just signed Leonard Fournette yeah. on yeah. a one-year, three-and-a-half-million-dollar deal. That, that's a steal of a deal. Absolutely. Um, so sources are saying that um, upon his release, he was adamant about wanting to stay playing in the state of Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would leave, well, you know, the Bucks or Miami. Miami already opened up with Brita and all those fellas. Um, so of course, which would leave, you know, Tampa Bay, the only, only, you know, applicable Florida team, unless if he wanted to play in the XFL, um, this should be a, this is an interesting pickup. Yeah. I, 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 I like it because it gives them another, another option at running back. And I, I, and you said something earlier, I don't necessarily think Fournette was a bust. I, I do believe that if you remember, Fournette was the offense. And and I and I fear, and one of the things that I feared and it happened was that they overused him. He got hurt. 
And when he got hurt, we saw where the offense went. And so to go somewhere where, you know, Fournette, he's behind a better offensive line, obviously. He's got more talent. So it may not always be on Fournette, but I think Fournette, given the contrary, you know, I think it'll make sense. I think it makes sense for all parties involved. Absolutely, because it lightens up the workload for Brady a little bit and the receiving core and, and Gronkowski. And I think also Bruce Arians runs a tighter ship. I, I think he, he reminds me of like, he's like, he reminds me of like that dad in the grocery store when you see the kid like getting ready to go on the ground and throw a temper tantrum and the dad just looks at him and the kid like freezes like he saw Casper realizes that he was about to catch an ass whooping and that kid all of a sudden starts acting like a normal human being. Right. I, right. I, yeah, I, yeah. I feel like that's Bruce Arians in, in, in the locker room with that team. Yeah. And I, I think, like I say, I think it fits structurally and I think it'll, it'll work out, but, but to, to get sorry, that, to, sorry but, to keep interrupting you. You're, you're good to go now. <laughs> I get it. I get it. You missed a week, and then you're getting extra time. I get it. Exactly. But, you know, I, that that was important. You always tell me if something important comes across to to bring it in. So yeah, I, yeah, I got to recall that, and I got to put the put that in my notes for the next meeting. Uh, when I go on my daily walk, I'm like, why did I do that? But but it works. But but that was good breaking news. But but moving on from Jack, I think Jacksonville. I think listen. They're going to win Trevor. Trevor Lawrence is right now wishing, wishing that maybe he's thinking the XFL is not so bad after all. <laughs> so because, <laughs> the, like, look, because Doug Marone, you know, everybody's, you know, I think it's contingent on. I have a couple of guys I won't. I'll probably mention in a future episode. There are some potential coaching candidates that I really like. That and there's one in particular that I think would be a home run, maybe two. But I think it, for Jacksonville, I think they're already booking their t- tickets to virtual Cancun already. And and I like I said, I have them going 0-16. And, and the next team I have is the Houston Texans. And all I'm going to say about the Houston Texans, Chris, is, is, you know, it circles around Bill O'Brien. He's the coach and the general manager, and it's really the same dude in how they act. Like, you know, incompetency on the field. And then, the, like, here's the issue. I understood, you know, I understand that DeAndre Hopkins wanted to go based on the reports that I've read, but I understand why he wanted to leave because look who's running the ship. Like, you can tell how a ship's going to go by the captain. If the captain looks out of it, you better get off that ship. So that's essentially what Bill, that's essentially what DeAndre Hopkins did. And when you trade a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, Chris, you're t- telling me that you could not yield a first round pick. Yeah, come on, like, man. Was... You, you could you could argue he's a top three receiver in this league, even at his age, even at his production, and still has at least five more solid production productive years in him, and all you you can't get a first round pick for him. For goodness you know, sakes. I the, the, Jet, the, the Jets got a first round pick for his safety. Like, yeah, uh, like, I, like I, I've never traded uh, a player uh, a person in my entire life. I mean ever. I honestly think with my zero experience in personnel trading in professional sports, I think I could have gotten a better trade for D-Hop than, than, than old boy. When we do fa- <laughs> yeah, when we do our fancy trades, they look better than, than this. 
<laughs> like when we trade in our league, we go like, "Hey, that's a pretty good deal." Like, like in our fantasy football league, I'm like, "These are a lot of great trades." And look at is Bill O'Brien made to run a fantasy football team first before running a football team? Yeah, yeah, you know. I mean, let's and listen. They don't have a first round pick until 2022. Here, here, yeah. here's here's what they got, Chris. In total, like, and it, it, it encapsulate the point. They traded DeAndre Hopkins, Kadavion Clowney, and a fourth round pick. This is what they've yielded from those picks. From the from those picks combined, they had got a corner. They got a corner. Let's see, Garyon Conley, David Johnson, Jacob Martin, a linebacker, Barcavius Mingo. They got a twenty twenty. They had a twenty twenty second round pick. They drafted Russ Blaylock from TCU, and they got a 2021 fourth rounder. Chris, note I didn't say the word first rounder in that. Uh, yeah, no, we, 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 we left that part out. Yeah, the only legit star they had was David Johnson, and David Johnson is more on their cap than what DeAndre Hopkins was. Because all I heard was that, oh, he was a cap issue. But you traded for a guy. Why do you think the Cardinals got rid of him? Because he took up cap space. Like, you know who takes up cap space in Arizona? Chandler Jones. That dude takes up like 10, 50% of the cap space. And you can't have two dudes taking up at least 20% of your cap space. So when that deal came across the table, it was basically they saw the word sucker written on Bill O'Brien, and that's what happened. Because to me, Chris, I you know, they still got Deshaun Watson. You brought up Will Fuller. You know, they got Brandon Cooks. But to me, Chris, they're a 6-10 and 10 football team. I, I don't, as far as do I think that they, when they get rid of Bill O'Brien, if you get rid of Bill O'Brien, which I think they should, then you got to hire another general manager. Because, Chris, I'm never big on having a coach being a general manager. I believe it's a, it's tough enough being one without being the other. Yeah. It's it's like you can't be – our government is set up where there's always a president and a vice president. Because you can't – because there's roles and responsibilities. It's why you have, you know, you know balance, you know, check and, checks and balances. Because if one has too much power, it's one thing's going to happen over the other. Exactly. And I think, and I think Bill O'Brien has too much power in this organization, and he hasn't yielded them anything. So I got them going six and ten. Now, the one and two here, I have both the Colts and the Titans at eleven and five. But I I gave the, I gave the tiebreaker to the Titans simply because of this. It, it goes in a situation of who do you trust more. It's, it's like, who do I trust more? Do I trust Phillip Rivers and that talent there, or do I trust do I do I trust Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill? And I lean toward trusting Tannehill and Derrick Henry for this simple reason. See, when Tannehill took over, he played in those ten games. He went twenty-two touchdowns, six interceptions. So he had almost he had almost a four-to-one ratio. Touchdown interception. But you know how I love completion percentage, Chris. He threw the ball 70% completion. Derrick Henry, we know his number. 16 touchdowns. He had nine runs of 20 yards or more. And plus, they, you know, you know that and that offensive line, like Taylor Llewellyn, that left side, that's why do you see Derrick Henry always runs their own sweeps or yep. dives to that left side? Because that left side is very it's fortified. Taylor Llewellyn is probably a top five arguably, you know, offensive lineman. 
And I think when you look at this team, Chris, they're built the same way. Like, if you really think about it, Tannehill and Rivers, they're not going to be throwing – you're not going to see many 400-yard passing games from them. So if you're looking for fantasy options, that's like late, late round type stuff. They're not going to win you games all the they, – they may win one or two games with their arms. But it goes down to in the trenches, who do I trust? And as, as talented as I like the Colts, but I look at Phillip Rivers, Chris, and all I can remember was last season. Like, he had 23 touchdowns with 20 interceptions. And, and we could argue the blame game there, but Phillip Rivers threw a lot of late-game interceptions. Yeah. He, threw, he, he threw away a lot of games. And I think in this offense, he won't be asked to do that. And that's what made me conflictual because I think Frank Wright, look at the way he did with Jacoby Brissett. I don't think the offense is built, was never built around Jacoby Brissett. It was built around Marlon Mack, that great defense, who, who also added DeForest Buckner, by the way. And so, but when I go right down to it, I like the Colts offensive line. Like, Quentin Nelson, he zero sacks. This man had zero sacks and three penalties last year. Anthony Casanzo had three, he gave up three sacks and 621 pass attempts. And their center, Ryan Kelly, listen, I think they're a good offensive line, but at the end of the day, Chris, I know what I'm getting from Mike Vrabel. And no, we got to remember. That makes sense. And, 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 and like I say, I think this division will come down to the trenches. And it's and it's very interesting, but I, I, I leaned I think both of them go eleven and five because they played the AFC North and when you gotta play Cincinnati and Cleveland and you know you know, those are two wins right there. And then so I so I, I lean toward that in that respect. So I have them going eleven and five each, but I think the tie goes to Tennessee. I think it's gonna be it's gonna it's gonna boil down to Phillip Rivers Versus Derrick Henry, who can produce more, essentially, who can who can max out their production, and I think I think that I can get more out of Derrick Henry because because of Ryan Tannehill. But I like like I said, I like Indy. They went and drafted Jonathan Taylor. They got Michael Pittman. They they had a great draft, and I think Chris Brown's doing a great job. But I lean toward Tennessee. I, I think the Colts could sneak in and be a playoff team, and they Absolutely. could be a and and they and they could be a hard out. So. So we agree on so we agree on the AFC South more or less. So now yeah. we get to you know a you know a division that it was a you know interesting to 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 delve into but hard for me to do and I'll explain why later. And that's the uh, NFC South. And Chris, give me your thoughts on the NFC South. You know this one I think is going to be the most controversial one of of them all. Um, for a lot of reasons. So this one, I wrote down, I scribbled it away. I wrote down, I scribbled it away. <laughs> and I just, I had a really, really hard time with this one. Um, so I'm going to start at the bottom and I'm going to work my way up. Okay. So at the bottom, and this can fluctuate. So I've got three teams that are essentially going to be eight and eight. That's I'm going out on a limb here, but hear me out on this one. Okay. So at the bottom, I've got Carolina. 
at the at the bottom eight and eight. Okay. Um, they're rebuilding, mm-hmm. and they're post Cam Newton. Cam Newton is in a galaxy far, far away, being being rebuilt like Darth Vader. Um, they've got Teddy Bridgewater now, mm-hmm. and they still have Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> let's not forget about him. Right. Um, <laughs> let's 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 not even forget about him. They've got him. They've got DJ Moore. Both were powerhouses, even with a a, a, a questionable quarterback. You know, uh, uh, Cam Newton. You know, took a shit, and then they had Kyle Allen. Now, on top of that, they have Will Greer. And let's not forget, Will Greer was he wasn't bad. You know, I think that he just he got welcomed to the league in a in a bad situation. But if push comes to shove, you have those guys in the back behind it. Um, I think Carolina is the team with everything to gain and everything to lose in this season. Um, I, I definitely think that there's going to be a lot of uh, uh, stories to tell, and, and and we'll see as the season progresses. But as of right now, I've got them finishing at the bottom on an 8-8. Eight and eight. Now, my second 8-8 eight and eight team is your Falcons. Yeah, boy. I know. And, and, and hey, you know, I... I I didn't. I never shit on them last season. I, I I gave them every opportunity, mainly because I had Matty Ice and Julio Jones on my fantasy team. Um, but the problem with the the Falcons is it was like a revolving door at a temp agency and of free agents who were either released, like Devontae Freeman or Vic Beasley, Austin Hooper, uh, you know Desmond Trufant. But in return, they gained Dante Fowler and Todd Gurley and AJ Terrell. You know, I mean, there's definitely some some talent. And and again, I've, Atlanta is another one of these teams that they have everything to gain and everything to lose. However, they cannot pull the shit they did last season and start off one and seven. They can't do it this season. If they do that. I think Dan Quinn will be removed before the season ends. No questions asked, but they got to do something this 2020 season. Ice ain't getting any younger. Jones ain't getting any younger. They have to do something. Unfortunately, I think they play in one of the most miserable divisions in the NFL. I, I really do. I, it, there's so much talent in the NFC South now that, it it's it like I almost think of like the NFC South is the AL East. You have the Yanks, you've got the Sox, you've got the 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 Rays. There's so much talent that what the hell do you do when you're playing these guys week in and week out? It's like playing it, it it's like the SEC. Like there's no real guarantee. I think they'll have an eight and eight record. I had them going either eight and eight or nine and seven. And I bounced and I kept looking at their schedule and I I I settled on eight and eight, but Honestly, I flipped a coin and it, it, it got to eight and eight over nine and seven. Um, but I think that they have a lot, you know, I think they have a lot to prove. Um, and I want to see them do good. I, I really, really do. I think there's potential there. Dan Quinn has to be smart or I hope he knows how to like write a resume because I have a feeling he's going to be writing one. 
Um, next on the list is at eight and eight is Tampa. Even with all of the things they're doing, bringing Tom Brady in and bringing Gronkowski in and now bringing Leonard Fournette in, it's still Tampa at the end of the day. I know I said that I might be a bandwagon fan for him, but that doesn't mean I'm going to have to give him a, a, a perfect season. Tom Brady does not have the offensive line that he had in, in, in New England. Tom Brady does not have the coaching system that he had in New England. Tom Brady does not have the ability to throw a temper tantrum or have his personal assistant or life coach or whatever the hell that guy's name is, whatever he calls him, to throw a temper tantrum on Bill Belichick. He, yes, he is Tom Brady at the end of the day, and yes, they did sign a fat contract for him for a year, but at the end of the day, there's already existing personalities. You've got Mike Evans and, and Godwin and, and you know a whole slew of other players there. Um, he has a lot to prove. He's not getting any younger, and he's playing, I think, in a lesser quality offensive line than what he had at New England. So unless if he learns how to not run like a giraffe on ice, um, I think Tampa might be in for a long, long season of disappointment. Um, he, this, this is not New England. He's not playing the Jets and the Dolphins, you know, two times a year for pretty much four gimme games, four scrimmage games. Um, you know, and hell, if you look at it statistically, they normally lose that last game of the year against Miami, literally just because they don't put any of their starters in, including Tom Brady. Um, he's playing in a significantly more talented division in a much more hungrier division. And honestly, against one of his arch rivals would, would drew Brees. You know, because I, he's definitely on the table for, for that GOAT-level quarterback. I mean, granted, Breeze doesn't have, you know, multiple Super Bowl rings, but he's still a damn good quarterback. So I, I, I got them going 8-8 eight and eight as well. Um, it's a new system. He's not younger. Um, there's a lot of things that can go wrong. However, there's a lot that can go right. Um, there's a, He's got a lot of offensive weapons with... Uh, with Rob Gronkowski and OJ Howard and Cameron Bray and Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. If you had one of those guys on your team last year in fantasy, more than likely you made it to the playoffs. I happened to have like two of them. So I was in really good, really good position. Um, but I got them going eight and eight just out of fate. And then winning the NFC South with a record of 11 and five is the new Orleans saints. Um, you got Drew Brees. You've got Sean Payton. Um, the only thing that scares me with these guys is, you know, them talking about, uh, uh, you know, getting rid of Kamara, putting him up on the trading block. But they still got Michael Thomas. Uh, you know, they've got Emmanuel Sanders as like that veteran wide receiver to replace Ted Ginn Jr., uh, who went to Chicago. Um, so he's got more offensive weapons to throw to. He's still got Kamara in the backfield. Um, I, I think they're still the kings of the NFC South right now. You know, there's really not too much I can speak on New Orleans. I, I think it'll be uh, business as usual in the uh, in the Mercedes Benz zone, and uh, that's what I got. What do, what do you uh, how do how do you feel about it? What do you think? What do you got? Well, you know, uh, I'll I'll start from the bottom to the top, like Drake says, start from the bottom. 
started from and the bottom. Now we hit. That was Chris, not me, folks. Now <laughs> we'll just put that on the record. But you know, I I have Carolina going six and ten because I I like to hire Matt Rule. And he, you know, and they also got Joe Brady's offensive coordinator, who the offensive coordinator at LSU. I think there's potential with Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater and a Christian McCaffrey backfield. Teddy Bridgewater, we got to remember, he's 22 and 12 as a starter in this league. You know, Teddy, Broder, Teddy Bridgewater can win you football games. And you throw in the fact that, listen, that defense is kind of rebuilding. They're still trying to find their way. They, they went defense in the first round because they understood that that was the that was a major problem they had to fill. But so I have them going 6 and 10, but I like the future of the Carolina Panthers I really do. And then next, I, listen, I, I'm glad you're high on Atlanta and and you're and listen, you have going 8 and 8. Listen, I got them going 7 and 9. Oh, man. Be, because when you know a team like how I know my Falcons, Here's the reality, Chris. Ever since that Super Bowl, Chris, this is a 500 football team. We're 24 and 24. It, it's it's something going on. It's like what I talked about earlier. There's an origin point where you can figure out where something is, you know, where something increases or something, you know, or there's like a draconian-esque drop. It, you can see it through history where you can find a point in history of why certain civilizations you know, collapsed and how certain ones emerged. I feel it's no different here. What happened with Atlanta, I think 28-3 is still on their minds almost four years later. I believe that. And I believe that Dan Quinn has got to step up. He's got to get, because in my opinion, Chris, I I can see Arthur Blank waking up and firing this man probably around maybe with three to four games left. Because to me, Chris, there's no excuses for this. The window is closing on Matty Ice and Julio Jones. And it's great you got Todd Gurley, but is Todd Gurley healthy? Yeah. You got you got Dante Fowler. What kind of production are we going to get from Dante Fowler? You gave up a second-round pick for a guy in Hayden Hurst who barely played for, for the Baltimore Ravens. You know, you drafted A.J. Terrell from Clemson. I have question marks defensively. I have question marks about health. Because at the end of the day, Chris, it just seems that when we let every guy that you mentioned, we let go, there were no slouches. Like, I understood why we let go of Beasley. I'm not losing sleep over that. But just letting Hooper walk out the door, Trufant walk out the door, and Devontae Freeman walk out the door, I can come with sleep easy with that too. But the reality is, Chris, I just look at this organization and be like, you know what? This window is closing. And Dan Quinn, look, you had Dan. This is three years after the Super Bowl. And this man can't produce no more than he averaging. He's averaging eight wins a season. Like, Chris, it's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. And I'm speaking as a, speaking as a Falcons fan now, not as the other guy. As a Falcons fan, I'm disappointed in this organization. And Arthur Blank needs to wake up and realize if Dan Quinn can't, I don't care how tough this division is. The the New Orleans Saints has if 
have won this division six times. I don't want to hear how tough it is. This division can be won multiple times. This division is competitive, and I get that, Chris. But that's not an excuse for mediocrity. Because if that was the case, people wouldn't be where they are if it was all about excuses. No, hey, I get you, man. And at some point, I know how talented we are. I don't have to sit here and, and be, you know, you know, I could be a humble brag. Matt Ryan's a top 10 quarterback. Julio Jones is a top three receiver. But the defense is the bottom three and everything else. And when you hire a defensive-minded coach, it goes to, like I said, it doesn't matter the, who the structure of the coach is, but if Pete Carroll won a Super Bowl with Russell Wilson, why in the hell can't Dan Quinn win a Super Bowl with Matt Ryan? It's literally, he's a, he's a, he's a Pete Carroll protege. And people are like, oh, dares you're hard on... Yeah, yeah, I'm hard on Dan Quinn. Yes. Because who, who, who's running the team? Who, who's on the sidelines? It ain't Vince Lombardi. It ain't Bill Walsh. It's Dan Quinn. And at some point, Chris, you know, you know as Falcons fans, listen, as a Falcons fan, I'm tired of, of settling when I know we can be better. I know we can be better because I look at this rosters and I go, I know we're slightly better than Carolina, but we can compete in this division. But going one and seven is not going to cut it this year. If that happens, Chris, I will go to Georgia myself. If I have to drive or I have to Uber because I'd be so angry. And like, listen, Arthur, Arthur, everybody's fired. It's unacceptable. That's off my Falcon right now. We can move on. Now, we're back, America. We're back. Now, as far as the Tampa or the Saints, Chris, you know, listen, I don't like Tampa, but I have, I have them going 10 and 6. And I know you, I think you had them going 8 and 8, correct? Yep. Yeah, 8 and 8, yeah. And here's, here's why I gave them, because I kind of debated between 8, 8, and ten and six, because I felt that nine and seven didn't feel right. It didn't. It, it was either double digit win or eight, you know, or or eight. It couldn't be no more than ten was the cap. You know, Tampa they got better offense. Listen, they got a very good offensive line. They went and drafted Tristan Wurz from Iowa, and those you know those Iowa. Listen, they built offensive line. There's a lot of talent there. But you know, I just said don't sleep on Ali Marpet. He allowed two sacks last season. The center, Ryan Jensen, he allowed two sacks and 1,524 pass-blocking snaps over the last two seasons. So this offensive line is fine. And you're throwing the fact that I don't think you're going to get the same Gronk. Because, listen, you just can't sit on your derriere, not play football, host WrestleMania, and just come back and be Rob Gronkowski. Like, even, like, the only player that I've known to ever come off the is Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan played baseball, realized he wasn't great at it, Won a championship, Be- and that lets to go. You know that let that lets people know the conditioning of basketball in the NFL. Is is that it was easy for Jordan to drop baseball to go to basketball because it's essentially running. It's, a, it's I don't want to say calisthenics, but he was able to transition because he's an athlete. Gronk's an athlete, but Gronk puts a lot of wear and tear on that body. Jordan yeah. really, Jordan really got hurt. Gronkowski has put wear and tear on the field and off the field. He's, he's high mileage, to say the least. 
Right. He he. The, if you want to give him insurance, you you you'd, you'd walk away. That's a collision course waiting to happen. I mean, you know, if, you know, his insurance premiums. I don't even want to see his numbers, but so I don't know what you're gonna get out of Rob. But they still got OJ Howard. They got Cameron Bray. And Chris, I I give credit to this defense. The defense got better the second half of the season, and and I do believe in though they got Devin Bush. You know, they got pieces there like Shaquille Barrett is still there. He led the league in sacks last season. You know, Todd Bowles, that defense is slowly transitioning. They got better toward the end of the season. Like, if they would have played a third of how they did in the second half and the first half, Jameis Winston would still be the quarterback, in my opinion. Well, also, if he had nice surgery done sooner and he can actually see what he was throwing at. Yeah, you know, that could help him. Listen, I have glasses, so <laughs> I have glasses, so what I wear glasses, so what do I know about LASIK? So, the, so it's amazing how eye surgery can help you see better. The the you know modern technology at its finest. But here's the thing about Tampa. This is the thing that concerns me, Chris. Brady last season threw sixty point eight percent. You want to know what Jameis Winston threw last season? Enlighten me. Sixty point seven. What with broken eyes? With broken eyes. Could you imagine if he had eyes? That dude, listen, he could be Cyclops and could have threw better. He just had one eye. He could see everywhere. <laughs> he had the greatest field vision in the world. So he was, I tell people, when I, when I did my quarterback things a while back, I said the gap between Tom Brady and Jimmy Winston's last season is not really that big. The only difference was that Winston threw more in volume. That's it. Because the offense had him, the sense they were able to throw in volume because they didn't have a run game. So when you trade it, do I think they traded up to Brady? Sure. A guy who wins six championships, I get that. But, you know, James Winston is now in New Orleans. And I got New Orleans going 11-5. and five. I think what separates New Orleans from Tampa is the fact that I do believe that their defense is slightly better. And they went and got Malcolm Jenkins to, you know, to go along with Marcus Williams. And, you know, you know, and that turns at four three defense. Here's the thing with the Saints that listen, like you said, they went and got Emmanuel Sanders to add to Michael Thomas, and I'm like, that's scarier. That's number one, and more importantly, Chris, you know, the whole going back to the Alvin Kamara thing, I do believe that the Saints should. I, I don't think the Saints would, but Chris, if you think about it, let me frame it like this. It wouldn't be the worst idea to trade Alvin Kamara. Here's why. I know for a fact that Alvin Kamara will yield you a first-round pick. Oh, he's yeah. Because if you look at if you look at him and Christian McCaffrey, it's not that you know McCaffrey is slightly better numerically, but it's not a big gap. And and I understand why Kamara wants McCaffrey money. I get that. But when you look at how the way the Saints offense is ran, the Saints offense is not necessarily predicated around Alvin Kamara. The way that Carolina's offense is kind of built around Christian McCaffrey. So if you're handing out that type of money, it, it kind of I, I just don't see it happening. Because my prediction is that Drew Brees either retires this year or next year, maybe this year depending how far they go in the playoffs. 
And and I keep trying to tell people that, you know, I keep hearing Taysom Hill is going to be the guy. I'm like, are we watching the same game? This man has thrown a grand total of 10 professional passes. 10. Yeah, let's 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 not jump on the high horse just yet, there, kids. Like 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 Baker Mayfield has thrown more just in his first game. You know, Taysom Hill is drinking Gatorade. He just runs the ball. He's a gadget player. Oh, but he was a quarterback at BYU. Well, fun fact: Listen, Richard Sherman wasn't a corner at Stanford either. Richard Sherman was a receiver. So, Actual. what's my point, America? What's my point, America? My point is, is that. I've never, I've never seen Pete Carroll or, or Kyle Shanahan ever say, "Hey, Richard, can you play the slot?" Never. Yep. The the point is, is that look, Taysom Hill. If Taysom Hill's a quarterback, we don't know what he is. He's he's a running back who has a good arm. Period. Yeah. Look at uh, uh, Trey Burton. Uh, that's currently playing on the Bears. He was a quarterback yeah. for us for a while at Florida, but yeah, in. He's a tight end that happens to he can throw a ball pretty far and pretty accurate. Yeah. And and I tell people is, is that listen, that's why I say the Saints signing Jameis Winston lets me believe, Chris, that Jameis Winston will be the starting quarterback, if not next year, in the next two years. Absolutely. I believe because because when people say Taysom Hill, I'm like, folks, Jamie, we're treating Jameis Winston like he was garbage. Like he's not garbage, Marcus Mariota. That's a different story. Yeah, because I, I, go ahead. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off but, there. But, but but with Marcus Mariota, we're going to talk about him next week when we wrap it up. Ironically enough, it'll be the day before the season starts when we talk about the AFC and NFC West. Listen, Mariota is out west competing against Dave, you know, against Derek Carr, and and and, and you listen to John Gruden. Oh, Mario throws a good ball. And I'm like, John Gruden, listen, you can't find him because you got to pay him. So, listen, if, if I'm Mark Davis, you know, he saved a lot of money with that bowl cut of a haircut. So he has a lot of money. <laughs> so clearly he, you know, listen, a gr- I'm going to, you know, before I move on, Chris, for the record, a grown man has no business with that haircut. I'm sorry. If you're a kid, I give you a free pass. Now, if you're if you're a kid in the '90s who runs home from school to watch the Power Rangers, Dragon Ball Z, and Boy right. World, all right, that's a free you're, you're excused. Yeah. You're excused, and and you earn the pass to get the bowl cut. In the year 2020, Boy. when you're a billionaire ginger, cut your it fucking right. hair, dude. It's just weird. He just creeps it, me it, out. It's like that. It's like if you see that guy sitting, standing, that guy lives next door to you, Chris, you're keeping your kids in the house. I'm keeping like, my kids like, in the house, and I'm probably going to wonder if he eats people. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be like that guy, like Buffalo Bill, like put the lotion in the basket. That's the type of guy I think he is. Listen, listen, it could be, could it be slander? Sure. Hint of truth? Yes. But but the point is, is that Mariota's out there competing for a job again, and Jameis Winston is still there. And I said people then, well, I, I like the dynamic play of Mariota. Winston played in more in more of a pro-style offense in college. And that's where, I, and it kind of ties back to the question you asked earlier, Chris, Chris, about coaching and the quarterbacks. System kind of matters too. Because I tell people this, as great of a, as great as a head coach, 
as you know Urban Meyer was. You don't. You didn't. The only quarterback he really produced talent was Alex Smith because of the offense. Alex Smith was not a running gun guy. He was more of a pro style West Coast esque yeah. offense. You know, when he got to Florida, it was more of the running gun. And listen, nobody's knocking Tebow or Brantley or none of the quarterbacks like that. But system matters. And like when you see what Dan Mullen's doing, I'm mean, using us, you know, our team as an example, is just that you see that it's more of a pro style, but yet there's the element of the big play. And that's why I say I'm high on Dan Mullen. And I wouldn't be shocked if he got a phone call to be a head coach in the NFL. Because Dan Mullen, and I go back to the fact that, Chris, he coached Dak Prescott. Like, people tend to forget that. Like, Dan Mullen was the guy that kind of, I could argue, put stock, gave Dak Prescott draft stock value. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. So, so, so Mullen knows, and that's, and it ties to my point about quarterbacks. And like you brought the point about Tom Brady. Tom Brady playing on the Michigan team, I think, I think it also had, Drew Henson was on there, and uh, I can't. Uh, I can't think of the other guy. It wasn't Gerbach, but but the point is, is that he Tom Brady wasn't even a full time starter. That's why he's a six round pick, and he got drafted into a system. And I always argue that Brady was always in a system. I don't take away nothing from Tom Brady's career, Chris, but understand. I tell people this, but understand this. Look at the way Bill Belichick and that system. When when Tom Brady went down, they still went eleven and five. Yeah. What's what's the point? Is that the system? If it was just based on Tom Brady, Chris, the whole ship would have fell. Yeah, they, yeah, they would have shut the bed. Yeah. Like remember when Peyton Manning got hurt in in, in Indy? They went like one in fifteen. Why? Because yeah. they built around Peyton Manning. They didn't have a system. It was just we're going to depend on this one dude who's going to be healthy forever. They had to call Matt Hasselbeck from going to, you know, Hawaii. And he, he was, his mind, his body was in Indy, but his mind was in Maui. So, but, but, but that's my, that's my uh, wrap up on the NFC South. I got the Bucks, you know, 10 and six. I got my Falcons seven and nine. I got the Panthers six and 10 and I got the Saints 11 and five. And I expect this division Expect a lot of close football games, especially the, the six games you're going to see against these when they play one another, Chris. The the the, the point differential, in, it's going to be single digits. I think it's. I think even the even Carolina is a very sneaky team. They could oh. be that team, like especially late the season, like Carolina. They got to play New Orleans. They got New Orleans the last game of the season. The Falcons they go to Tampa. And you know the Saints go, so they play one another the last week of the season. So there could be a lot of spoilers going on there. I so I, I, I truly think the NFC South has now become the most important division in the NFL. Yeah, and and, and to me, I've all to me, you know, I've always known it was because like don't let like the Falcons fool you. It's just that you know our guy just forgot to coach for. Half a season, you know, heaven forbid, if he gets to do his job, he's paid for. But it was it's always competitive games. And I think the division we talk about next week, I think when we when you look at the the kind of, we look at the, the NFC West, it's gonna be a lot. It's gonna be a it's gonna be there's one good team in there, obviously, but you don't sleep on the others. So 
I think those are the two. I guess that's to say those were last because those are the two more competitive. I think the NFC as a whole is more competitive than the AFC. Absolutely. That's just always. I've always said that people are like, oh no, like even like outside of like Kansas City and Baltimore, who's a legit contender? Like it, it, you know, Buffalo maybe, you know, outside, you know, so, you know, maybe Indy or stuff like, but, but you know, that's our picks and and also a programming note, well, programming slash article note, you know, there'll be an article written that I didn't write last week. That you know about the Philadelphia 76ers, the basketball, and I'm going to fix the Sixers. And if you're in Philly, you're welcome. Before you even read it, you're welcome. Listen, <laughs> I saw front offices in any sport, even if lacrosse called me, I'd have to, you know, literally go to YouTube and Google lacrosse for an hour and I'd figure it out. So, and I'd solve it too. But, but as far as the football front, that goes. And uh, before we go, anything you want to add, my man? Uh, nah, man. I think next week we'll uh, we'll talk about fantasy football. Uh, you know, since we're getting ready to jump back into that, I'll I'll throw my uh, my my two cents in on that. Give you some hot picks if you haven't done a draft yet. Um, I got my two big leagues uh, drafting this weekend, so we'll see what happens. I'm. Uh, in one league, I am the uh, the runner-up, the the second place champion, and then in the the main league, I am the uh, undisputed defending champion. Yeah. Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> you know, it, it just sounds like like Paul Heyman would say, like he's the reigning defending. No, it's, no, it's, it's, it's Bruce Buffer in the UFC, the reigning defending. <laughs> Undisputed. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> now nah, you know I was in a bunch he, of he, time, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 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 who also did well in one of those? You, you listen, did. You did. You 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 took you took me all the way to the very end, man. I I can't I can't argue that we we duped it out. I I uh, I squeaked by you because Cooper Cup shit the bed. Yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. I, I can almost promise you that he won't be on your team this year. I <laughs> yeah, I listen. You know, listen. You, you don't need Chris Mortensen to report that, or Adam Schefter. You don't need. Think, you don't I think, need I think Helen Keller can see that coming. <laughs> yeah, I mean Ray Charles. I mean Copernicus. Anybody with a telescope, anybody can see it ain't happening. And, yeah, and, no, actually, yeah. Uh, I, I got my my cheat sheet right here that I got ready for the draft this week, and I've I've been working on that the past couple days, so um, I've got that ready. I've got some hot picks for uh, for all the major positions and uh, some tips and tricks to uh, to hopefully entice everyone into a better season. Uh, other than that, it's it's the same thing I preach on my soapbox: um, be kind, be considerate, um, don't be an asshole. Please don't loot and riot and burn shit down. Otherwise, you will get shot in the face. Um, I think that's been proven already. Um, act normal, act civilized, and um, we're in single digits at this point. Football starts in nine days. Baseball is is heating up. The UFC is lining up some great fight cards. Um, they're talking about a possible January-February matchup of Brock Lesnar coming back in fighting John Jones in the heavyweight division. For John oh, Jones, yeah. for his welcome gift into uh, 
into the UFC heavyweight division. Uh, they're talking about getting Nate Diaz back in the in the octagon. Um, yeah, you know that's that's really it. Besides that, like I said, I'm still high on the uh, on the UFC four game. Uh, they're still talking a lot of shit on Twitter in that game. Hence why, I, while I still don't have a Twitter in real life, I don't even want one in the game. But you're forced to have one, and I just sit there and talk shit the whole time. Um, yeah, that's it, man. That's all I got. I had a, you know, that's because uh, I, I was off last week. You were kind enough to uh, to grant me the uh, the leave time, and uh, yeah, man, kick back, got ready for this week, and you know, got everything in gear. This is a shorter show than normal because we only had a few topics to cover. Next week we'll. We'll grind hard with the West. We'll hit some fantasy, talk some baseball, and uh, go from there. That's all I got. Yeah, yeah maybe knit some sweater. You know, yeah, time time pending. But <laughs> but that's the but that's the show for this week on on sports and the world. Remember to follow us on social media. Go to facebook.com slash sports the world, and also join our Facebook group. Well, there's a daily is a poll that comes out. It comes out every Thursday. Also join us on Twitter and Instagram. At Sports the World, and my personal Twitter is Ladarius at Ladarius underscore Brown. Check me out there, follow me there, and follow the show. Go to our website, check out an article that comes out. It'll come out this week as well. So, folks, until on, you hear, I got one more thing. Sorry to cut you off. I got one more thing. Be a running theme. Running I, theme. This running is a running theme, theme today. I'm sorry. I got my notes all jumbled up, man. Um, <laughs> real quick. If you mm-hmm. haven't checked this person out, have we seen Lily from the AT&T commercials? Oh, God, Chris, I saw this on Facebook. Boy, and... that girl is thicker than a bowl of oatmeal. Come here, Lily. I want to wear you like a corona mask. Sit on my face and let me die. Please, thank you. Now I can say have a good night. Wait, let me check my notes. Is AT&T a sponsor of this? They're not, thank God. If they were, they listen to that. Eh, listen, I don't even eat oatmeal. You know, if you would have said like a milkshake, I would have been like, oh, great. She's but, thicker than milkshake, thicker than a, than a bowl of oatmeal. AT&T now stands for ass, thighs, and titties right there. God bless. Well, there goes the, there goes our women's uh, listeners right there. Well, I mean, until... Respect, though. Yeah, well, yeah. If, if When I think of Chris Gooden, I think of love and respect. Yeah, no, you don't. It, it's in my dictionary. <laughs> It you no, know, actually you no. Know, it's in the antonym section of the dictionary. Yeah. But <laughs> but until you hear us again, I'm Ladarius. I'm Chris. And be real, be you, be blessed, and be safe from all of us here from the Sports and the World Podcast. See ya.